This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. The Holy Spirit continues to set hearts on fire with the love of Christ and inspire people to bring the good news to a world that is aching to hear it. Welcome to Blazing the Trail, a weekly show dedicated to the church's mission of evangelization. Now, here's your guide on this grand adventure, Catholic singer, songwriter, author, and speaker, Miriam Marston. Welcome back to Blazing the Trail here on Mater Dei Radio. I'm your host, Miriam Marston, and it's great to be with you once again as we hear stories of men and women who are inspired to set out on the mission to share the good news of the saving love and truth of Jesus. And speaking of mission, my guest this week is Chief of Mission for the Diocese of Peoria. Matt Faley has been in diocesan work for over 15 years, and he's been in this role for about a year. As he describes it, he wants to work on building a culture of abiding in Jesus. And in that work, he's found a lot of inspiration and encouragement lately in the Gospel of John chapter 15. And if it's been a while since you've read it, consider this your sign to go back and read that passage from John. It's really a great one. And in addition to his work for the church, Matt is also a gifted singer-songwriter. So I want to start this episode with his song, Jesus I Trust. And I wanted to share this one because you'll hear Matt explain how the litany of trust has become increasingly significant to him in more recent years. And so I invite you to pray for a few minutes with the help of this song, just reflecting on this invitation to simply give everything over to Jesus who has a beautiful plan for our lives, even if we can't see it, even if it seems just beyond our grasp. It's there in His heart, the plan to draw each and every one of us into the abundant joy of divine life. So please enjoy the song, and I'll be back with a quick word on the other side of the music and my conversation with Matt. me with your ecstasy or even with your agony any way you'll come to me is the only comfort I'll ever need Jesus all these dreams and Missed opportunities The steps I take That only lead To the darkness That I hold and keep Jesus Come now Burden my soul So 
am joined by Matt Faley, who serves as Chief of Mission for the Diocese of Peoria. Matt is married and is the father of four children with one on the way. Matt, it's awesome to have you on the show today. How are you? I'm so well. Thanks for asking me to be on. Looking forward to the conversation. Well, um, let's dive right in. Matt, if you could share with us, how has Christ shared with you? How are you evangelized yourself? My gosh. Well, I, you know, I think it's important to know kind of where I came from and how I got to this point. But um, I am blessed to be back in my home diocese in the Midwest in central Illinois, Peoria, Illinois. And uh, here in the diocese and really throughout my life as a young person, a young adult, um, just seeds of grace were planted here. Beautiful. And, uh, you know, those seeds that were always present, but sometimes I chose kind of not to uh, not to till and not to uh, yeah. to pay attention to, not to water. And uh, but this was the place where my conversion really was solidified. And um, God made a way for me to return after like so many years. And it's been an unbelievable gift to be back here. And now I'm working for the diocese, for the bishop, and uh, in the home in which all these things were were initially started in my own heart. And uh, it's just been a wonderful gift to be back. That's beautiful. Are you able to pinpoint, Matt, those um, uh places, moments, what helped facilitate those those moments of conversion that you're talking about? Yeah. So, you know, I grew up in a wonderful home. Um, I am a product of Catholic education and, uh, you know, being uh, being a Catholic is is very much an identity thing here in the Midwest, as it is for many parts oh. of the country, but definitely here. You know, where did you grow up uh, was closely connected to the to the church in the parish that you went to. And so, interesting. Um, yeah. So like those seeds of, of grace that were there through my own, you know, the sacraments and going through Catholic high school. But really, it was, uh, you know, I, I had moments, conversion moments and opportunities mm-hmm. that I maybe didn't fully grasp. I, I didn't maybe open myself up fully to, um, especially in high school and college. But it was two years out of college where I was just sort of a wayward young adult soul mm-hmm. looking for answers in my life, you know, looking to be seen, to be known, to be loved, those desires that we all have. Of course. And really, it was an encounter with... Um, a group of young adults who were just so joyful and like, I wanted that. And I, and I lacked that. And so um, there was a moment, uh, a moment in my life where I just sort of surrendered to Jesus and said, all right, Lord, I'm tired of trying to do this on my own. And it was soon after that I met these folks and went to a Bible study for the first time in my life. And I showed up, I'm like, who are you people? And why am I here? But it was just like, I, I just couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't leave, you know, I couldn't, I, I could see, couldn't see beyond the grace that was just being poured into me at that point in my life. And it was a slow journey where I just felt Jesus kind of keep saying like, keep coming, you know, keep walking towards me and I'll show you. And there's a few people in particular that just um, made it their mission to invest in me and to take me out to coffee and ask my story. And yeah. That was kind of the beginning of this new season of my life where I kind of haven't looked back since. That's beautiful. And then, the Matt, the door started to open in terms of um, serving the church in a certain way. What did that start to look like? It's one thing It's one thing to have those moments of conversion, but not everyone goes from there to serving the church. What did that look like? Yeah, so, uh, you know, as a part of that journey where I felt Jesus just saying, like, you know, keep keep taking these steps was, I felt this call to to really serve as as a, a job, mm. and I had no concept of that. Um, 
And I even remember even when I was a high school kid going through retreat ministry, just alive and like starting to see these charisms come to life, like speaking in front of my peers. And I'm a musician and starting to see like I'm not just playing in high school bands. I'm like leading praise and worship music for my peers. And like these things where I just was felt alive, like, Mm. you know, you could you could draw a line between doing those things versus the other things in the world. And so I felt this call like it was time to to do this. And I was invited to go to a a conference with Focus, the Fellowship of Catholic University students. And at that conference in Dallas, I interviewed for a job. And um, yeah, man, like 20 years later now, that was that was the beginning of my of my full time ministry work. So uh, I served two years on a campus in Chicago and then that sort of began it all for me. Wow. And I know, um, excuse me, I've had a few folks on the program before who have done work with Focus and really their whole model of ministry is what you described earlier in your story. It's actually investing in people and really accompanying them. If I'm remembering correctly, that's really at the heart of what they do is just kind of pouring time into souls. Um, Was that your experience? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, what I loved about it and how it's still relative to the work that, you know, you and I both do now is it's, you know, it's, it's just a simple uh, representation of of the gospel, yeah. uh, the gospel values, how it is that we live with an intentionality with our life, you know. And so, yeah, I, I had the gift of being able to invest in a small group of uh, men in particular for two straight years, and it was incredibly fruitful for my own life and for those that I was able to journey with. And I've taken those principles um, all throughout my time in ministry, in particular in diocesan ministry, is how do we frame what we do and how we do it. And, you know, that, that framework is based on those simple methods of Jesus gave us a model and how to live our life. And we can apply that model to, uh, to so much of what we do and how we live. Yeah. And so Matt, that's a, a really good point to, to look now. I'm, I'm curious about the, the work you're doing now. Uh, I read an article regarding your appointment to the Diocese of Peoria. So I was, I came across this quote, I believe of yours. And, uh, in an interview, you said you wanted to make sure that the mission of Jesus is integrated in, in all that's done in the diocesan offices. I know you've been there for about a year in this role. How, how do you see the mission of Jesus translating into that diocesan work, but also in parish work too? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I've been, this is my 16th year, I believe of diocesan work and Mm. diocesan work is so unique uh, because if we're not careful, we can be, you know, kind of two steps separated from the work that's going on in our parishes and schools and Newman centers. And I, you know, while some of that is necessary I think that separates us truly from the mission of Jesus, which is, as, as you said, Mary, Mary missed it, like, just be in the lives of those who are looking to grow in the Lord. And how I see that is kind of what you and I were talking about before we, before we hit record today was, uh, you know, seeing ourselves uh, kind of basing off that Second uh, Timothy 2, 2, which is um, teaching teachers how to teach, you know, is really like investing in the people that are in the influential places in our parish communities and Newman centers and school communities and giving them the tools to live the mission of the gospel, which is to invest their lives intentionally in other people. And that's how I see our role, you know, is, is from the Bishop down is how do we instill uh, really that, that, that ministry of teaching that Jesus showed us uh, in a way that is, uh, is fruitful and united to the gospel message. 
Yeah, love it. For those who are just tuning in, I'm speaking with Matt Faley, who serves as Chief of Mission for the Diocese of Peoria. Um, what does that look like from the day to day? Does that mean you're actually out in parishes speaking with folks, um, holding events, doing more one on one meetings? I know you're and you might still be figuring it out, but what does that mm-hmm. look like? Yeah, it's sort of both of those things. We're 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 very much in a development phase right now. Uh, we've had a new bishop for the last few years, and he's just uh, he's very open to where the Holy Spirit is leading us, which is beautiful. Um, thinking about the diocese as uh, kind of the 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 focal point for missions starting here, but also stretching out to our twenty six counties in our diocese. But you know, we're doing a lot of development. But the way I have kind of seen it, and through my own discernment as prayer in our in my prayer is. Thinking about um, how we offer these things in three different ways is uh, through through equipping, through um, uh, through our support, like our basic administrative su- support, yeah. but also through our investment. You know, sort of that uh, uh, equip, invest, and support. And if we can do those things well, you know, if it's uh, we just hosted uh, last month, um, we, we we have key parish leaders through our pastoral planning process. We hosted mm-hmm. about 115 of those key parish leaders. Wow. And just poured into them for a day, gave them some basic tenets of of living a missionary life in their parish. You know, doing those sort of encounter events, events, but working specifically with small groups of, of people to to invest in them, and then being here as a resource because we a diocese really at, at our core is also always just going to be a resource to be kind of a joyful, timely resource for people who email and call us with questions about how to do these things. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that description, Matt, a joyful, timely resource. I think that's great. <laughs> that's right. Um, with some of the complexities and challenges that come with diocesan work and, and you and I spoke, um, I've been in that work as well. And, you know, it can, it can be challenging at times and we find ourselves personally having to, to lean on the Lord in new ways, leaning on his word. Uh, you mentioned your experience of entering into a Bible study for the first time. Do you find yourself leaning, uh, just during this season on certain passages of scripture that really help you in your own sense of mission, Matt? Absolutely. That's a fantastic question. I love it. Yeah, John fifteen eight has been my go to. Is just you know thinking about like this. Our share in discipleship is also our share in the fruit of Jesus. You know, mm-hmm. and if we read all of John fifteen, it's talking about abiding in Jesus. You know, abiding, yeah. being connected to the vine, and in any ministry work or in just life in general, it can be so easy to neglect that part of our life to think. Our abiding, our prayer life, our spiritual life is uh, an optional endeavor for us, but. Without it, I know for my own life, without it, I would be I would be a, a very fruitless minister of the gospel. And so yes. without it, I, you know, truly I'm nothing. And we take I take that in my own life, but also that's what we've rooted ourselves here in the diocese. And that's been a great that's been probably the greatest joy I've had in the last year is yeah. it's been uh, building on and instilling kind of a new culture of abiding in Jesus. And uh, it's been a, it's been fantastic to see already the fruit that's come from that. That's beautiful. Yeah. What about um, any other sort of spiritual reading or saints that you've encountered along the way that have encouraged you in your ministry, Matt? Yeah, you know, I have, uh, the Blessed Mother has been, uh, I would say, surprisingly so, based on my own, how I was raised and kind of my connection to her growing up has been, uh, she's been my my go-to saint. And I could, if we had more time, I could tell you, miracles both big and small that have happened in my life but you know she's for me and my family both we lean on her um often as a source of grace and intercession but um in this particular season of my life you talk about prayers um the litany of trust 
from the Sisters of Life has been, oh my, has been, has just rocked my world. And uh, so I've come to the point where any speaking engagement or concert or anything that I go, I bring a whole stack of those things and just kind of pass them out. If I go to a parish mission, I'm, uh, I, my staff is probably tired of me talking about this litany, but uh, you know, there's some days in my life if I, and I would encourage your listeners to check that litany out. And there's actually a book that just came out, which I heard from a priest yesterday that is an accompaniment piece to that litany, oh, which okay. is like a 30 day retreat on the, on a litany. But there's some days I can't even get past the first the first line of that. And, and it just, it drives me into prayer. So um, that's been my, my go-to for the last year, really. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's, that's great. And, you know, I would say that it's closely connected. I, I don't, I don't know the litany super well, but sort of the same spirit of uh, trust and surrender. We've been praying the surrender novena a lot in this archdiocese for the last few years. So kind of that same spirit of, just in in trusting and just surrendering to the Lord and letting Him, letting us get out of the way and letting Him lead. That's um, exactly. It. The yeah. two the two responses are deliver me, Jesus, and Jesus, I trust in you. It's all there based on those 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 things. Yeah. Matt, you mentioned briefly about uh, being involved with music, um, and that actually is how I first came across your name. This was a, I, I'm not sure when, just a number of years ago, I came across your songs. I don't remember how, but it was out there somewhere. <laughs> When did the songwriting begin for you? Yeah, so I've been um, I w- I've been a musician kind of my whole life, but didn't really discover yeah. this this part of my life until I uh, I was living alone for the first time in my life. Wow. And when I moved to work for the Archdiocese of Indianapolis, wow. and I just felt this burning desire to not just be the best cover band in Peoria, Illinois, but like <laughs> write songs for Jesus. And uh, they just they just sort of I it was it was without it was a total grace the wow. beginning of this process because i could not have done it without it and these songs just started kind of flowing out of me uh when i was there in indy and uh it led to um recording two cds and it led to opportunities to go travel all across the country to to pray and to lead these songs with people and um yeah it's been an un- unbelievable journey and uh god continues to use that which has been a great gift that's awesome. Where where can people learn more about uh, your music and your speaking? Yeah, so I do have a website, uh, just mattfailey.com, mm-hmm. but also I have, I'm on kind of spot, Spotify, Apple Music, uh, Amazon, kind of wherever you can find music, you can see my songs that are out in the world are found there. So hopefully awesome. they can be a blessing to you all. That's great. I'll encourage our, our listeners to, to look them up. Uh, Matt, we have a few minutes left and I I usually ask my guests, where have you been seeing signs of hope lately? Oh my gosh. You know, I think the church is going through a lot right now. Um, I think there's a lot of question and I know in our own diocese, we're, we're going through a process by which we're, we're going to shrink our footprint so that we can be more fruitful in the future. And um, that in a lot of ways could be a cause for despair, you know, like mm-hmm. where the world is struggling, the church is struggling, but in those, I'm actually seeing really so much hope. I just feel like there's a fresh breath of the spirit moving through the church right now. And I'm seeing it not just here. I'm seeing the same language and the same lexicon is being used everywhere. And that's not by accident. You know, there really is a hope. And uh, that's where I've really leaned into, uh, particularly the last year, that uh, that God is moving. And he's got some amazing plans for us. And I'm just blessed to be alive right now to be a part of it. 
Uh, Matt, I'm, I'm excited to see where the next few years go. Thank you so much for your time today. And may God continue to bless you, your family, your growing family. And may God continue to bless your ministry as well. Thank Thanks you. Thanks so much, Miriam. It's been great. At one point in our conversation, Matt mentioned that a diocesan office should be a joyful, timely resource. And while I think that's an important goal for diocesan offices, that could also actually apply to any follower of Christ. Because part of being a disciple and being a member of the body of Christ is being ready at all times to joyfully assist others in their own walk of faith. So that's where I wanted to close out this episode, just reflecting on how we can all be joyful and timely resources for others who are seeking God and looking for meaning in their lives. St. John of the Cross once wrote that, The soul of one who serves God always swims in joy, always keeps holiday, is always in her palace of jubilation, ever singing with fresh ardor and fresh pleasure, a new song of joy and love. So that's what the soul filled with the Holy Spirit, that's what she reflects and radiates, a joy that comes with abiding in Christ. And when people catch sight of that joy, they might want to know where it comes from. And are we ready to drop whatever task we might be working on, whatever next thing we might have to get to? Are we ready to just pause and offer that timely response to the person who's wondering, where does your joy come from? What's behind your sense of purpose and perseverance? Again, that can be the simple start to sharing the gospel to someone who's been waiting to hear it. And they might not even know that they've been waiting to hear it, but something about you has caught them off guard, especially if your circumstances are such that joy and enthusiasm don't seem very possible. But witnessing to the presence and faithfulness of Christ in the midst of difficulty or sorrow, that also opens the door to sharing about the power and victory of the cross and resurrection. Thank you so much for tuning in. Again, my name is Miriam Marston, and I hope you'll join me next time as we continue to reflect on the evangelizing mission of the church. Until then, stay well and stay close to Christ. God bless you all. You've been listening to Blazing the Trail, a weekly show dedicated to the church's mission of evangelization. For more information on Miriam Marston and her work, plus an archive of our past shows, Visit us online at matradayradio.com or download the Hail Mary Media app. Blazing the Trail is produced at the studios of Matraday Radio in Portland, Oregon. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through matradayradio.com or the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.